Hi, I'm Nia Fisher, and this is Fishing for the Truth, the podcast. Everyone's truth is personal to them, and I believe that when we hear other people's stories, they can lead us to examine our own truth more deeply, opening our hearts and minds to that which is a human experience. These honest, spontaneous conversations have definitely changed how I feel and how I see the world I live in. It's my hope that you'll find this channel a positive space to visit. Welcome to Fishing for the Truth. This is my truth. Tell me the truth. Tell me my truth. Tell me what the truth feels like. This is my truth. Yeah, 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 truth. Hi, welcome to this Fishing for the Truth. Today I'm joined by author. Do you ever think you'd be called that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Author Richard Matthews, who has written this memoir entitled No, I Will, about, oh gosh, well I say it's about raising your, your son, but it's about so much more than that. Just to sort of summarise, Will, William, your boy is, um, well now a man, is part of a very elite group, isn't he? He's part of just 0.1% of the male population. That's right. So he, Will's now 22. Gosh. Uh, when he was five years old, he was diagnosed as 47XYY. So that means he has an extra male chromosome. So um, I think what makes it particularly rare for Will is having a twin sister who, you know, right. for want of a better expression, is, is normal, is mm -hmm. fine. So, um, so yeah, so that's Will's diagnosis. Um, most people sort of mistake it for autism. It's very similar. And, and quite okay. often people who have a, a chromosome deficiency will be on the autistic spectrum anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but Will, was, Will actually was, was never diagnosed as autistic. He's, right. he, he's simply XYY, but, uh, but it did take us, you know, almost those in, the entire five years to get that diagnosis. So Julie and I knew that um, there was something clearly different about Will mm -hmm. from a very early age. I think because well, obviously because he had a twin sister, it was easy to make the comparisons. Yeah. Um, Judy had studied child psychology um, and was a sort of a, a nanny and so brilliant with children. Um, and I'd always been surrounded by children and babies anyway. Mm. So to us, it was very painfully obvious that there was something, you know, amiss with yeah. Will. Whereas Emily was kind of up and walking and talking at sort of, you know, eight, nine, ten months. Will didn't crawl till he was 18 months old. Right. Um, just had a few words that he sort of said and, and not, not very clearly. Mm. Um, when you picked him up to cuddle him, he, he's sort of like a sack of potatoes in your arms. He had very little coordination. Mm. Um, so for us, it was obvious that there was clearly an issue, um, but didn't matter who we spoke to, you know, we go back to see our GP and he, he always seemed quite relaxed about the whole thing. Oh, he's just a, a lazy boy. Girls right. develop quicker than boys. He's allowing his sister to do everything for him. And, and, and that was kind of, you know, we were being silenced by the overwhelming majority by, every, you know, everyone said right. the same. Oh, he'll be fine, he'll be okay. But it was like, no, there's clearly issues here. Mm. Um, and so um, I think what helped us was uh, because the twins went to a Montessori nursery. Yeah. Very soon after they'd started, we were called in for, you know, the, the standard parents evening. 
And after the um, headmistress told us all about how wonderfully Emily was doing, um, which was great to hear, of course, she then went on to Will. And she was really kind. She was really kind with her words and she was sort of gentle, but it was, it was still tough to hear. Mm. She just listed this whole range of things that Will wasn't doing, things that he should be doing. Right. Um, but so it was it was tough to hear. But actually, finally, we had someone on side who was kind of yeah. saying, you're right. You, you know, weren't yeah, kind of you're not going, it, you're not going mad. You're not yeah. imagining it, you know. Um, and, and also for parents, you know, you for me, I always thought being a being a dad was simple. You know, like you, you give your children loads of love, you give them boundaries, you cheat them right from wrong and they'll mm -hmm. turn out fine. Um, but Will would make, you know, you just throw the rule book out. Will okay. make me question everything. Um, so, yeah, to have a professional saying, no, you're definitely right. So she wrote a wonderful letter um, listing all her concerns. So we went back to our GP and the wheels were then put in motion. Okay. But they move really slowly. So, you know, it was sort of, you know, test after test. And, you know, after six months, you know, I'll come to the Child Development Centre at Paul Hospital that led to an appointment every week for six months where they'd monitor him. And, 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 and while this is going on, you know, obviously part of you wants to get to the bottom of it. You know, mm -hmm. you, as a parent, you want to know, don't you? You want to know yeah. that, and, and, and horrible things go through your mind. Has he been dropped on his head? Has, you know, did something go wrong in pregnancy? All those sorts of things you worry right. about. Um, but at the same time, I was always, I suppose, a little bit concerned about getting a diagnosis. You know, once you once you've got that, there's a it's a label for life, isn't yeah. it? Um, so yeah, um, took about as I say, he was just, just a couple of weeks short of his fifth birthday yeah. when we were called into Paul Hospital and uh, we were finally given this diagnosis that he was 47 XYY. Um, and like I say, it was a day of mixed emotions because you know you find out what's wrong and and that's great, that's a relief. It's always easier to deal with challenges when you know what they are. Yeah, absolutely. But then, of course, you've got this, our son's got, you know, yeah, what now? he has special needs, he has a label. Right. Um, so the head of paediatrics who gave us the diagnosis said, you know, be very careful what you read on the internet. You know, there's going to be all this stuff written about boys with XYY, but most of it was written 20 years ago. They haven't right. done, you know, well, of course, you completely ignore them, don't you? So get in the car with oh home, no. straight on Google. And, um, yeah, and actually what we read was quite oh, horrifying gosh. um so there, there's been films made about the the xyy man you know serial killers more more boys with xyy end up in prison right you know um sort of low low muscle definition more aggression um less empathy all these sorts of things right. and it was it was quite it was quite frightening to read even though i've been told not to mm. But there was also that thing in the back of my head that was saying, hang on a minute, this doesn't sound like our son at all. Mm. He's five years old and he's already shown incredible empathy, yeah. amazing kindness, you know, and I mean, he really was, all parents think that, you know, the children are the best, but he was the sweetest, kindest boy that mm. I'd ever come across. And I think, I think when I look back now, it's, it's easier to understand why it took so long to get a diagnosis because there was nothing about, apart from clearly there was development issues, I think a lot of children, when they have special needs, they're sometimes a bit isolated, a bit distant, kind of standoffish, okay. whereas Will was the exact opposite. Right. He'd open his arms up to everybody he saw for a cuddle, and he'd light up a room when he walked into it. And there was just something, I don't know, something really, really engaging about Will. Mm. You know how we all know those people who can just drain your energy when you're with them? And yeah. he was the exact opposite. Right. He just would you know, make everyone feel better. Um, and I think... 
what made what was completely unique about Will was his honesty. So all children learn really quickly how to manipulate situations and people to get what they want. Yeah. They learn very quickly, don't they? Emily would quickly learn that she could blame Will for things and she could sort of get round us and all that sort of stuff. Usual children stuff. Yeah. Will had no ability to do that at all. Literally, it was completely honest, never knew how to tell a lie, everything. And, and that was just beautiful. Mm. Tough, to, you know, tough as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you have to be very careful what you said. You You've got some brilliant literally. stories in the, I mean, gosh, the book is everything. It, it's, it's moving, it, but it's very funny at times as well. Some of the stories about what he comes out with or what he came out with. There's yeah. a, the, I'm going to find it in here. There's um, a great sort of analogy that you use to try and describe what Will's world must be like. Um, you say, I've often tried my best to see the world as William does. You say, imagine if you were in a very busy train station and all around is boundless written information, signs, adverts, screens, boards, and yet all the words are in a language that you couldn't possibly understand. And then you say, um, you know they are words, but you have no idea what they mean. In your pocket you have money, you know what it is, but you've no idea what you can buy with it. You know where you live, but no way of knowing how to get there. So it's... Yeah, and yeah, that's... that's absolutely right with will he's you know even now 22 years old he's never learned to read or write to, d despite countless efforts by mm -hmm. us and, and everybody involved in his education um so so I, I use that analogy but you know i go on to say that actually of course he always had somebody holding his hand and helping him to make the decisions of course and everyone he saw he would assume were was lovely and and you know he knew it was a train but didn't know where he lived but it might take him to disneyland or the moon you know right. so will lives in this bubble um, you know, where fantasy and reality blur into one. Um, and many people have often said to me, God, I'd love to be in Will's world for a day. I mean, it, it, it must be lovely. Yeah. You know, imagine, you know, having no comprehension of money or time. I mean, literally time is another thing. He's never fathomed that out at all. Yeah. So, Talk about um, living in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the, and I think this is the, you know, one of the, you know, sort of underlying, you know, um, lessons in the book for all of us is that we're all trying to deal with this mindfulness and 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 use you know sort of being in the moment and will does that effortlessly that's yeah. that's will's world he just sees the good in everything mm. um and of course he's not ever stressed about being late for anything because he doesn't know what the time is yeah you know he's not worried about money or, or any of those things um but at the same time obviously that throws up massive challenges right. but, but yeah as you say for I've always tried to, you know, try, like anyone would as a parent, trying to understand what it's like in his world to try mm. and make those, you know, make the leaps that he does. You know, how, why has he suddenly thought that? You know, it's, yeah. um, it's quite strange. Gosh, it must be. I mean, even though the book is about Will, it's, it's like he's the, he's the son, but there are lots of different people orbiting him and it's not just about him. It's about the family unit, um, extended family I mean from a from a personal point of view as far as yourself and Julie your wife um Emily his sister how gosh can you summarize how it's kind of impacted you or how it's changed you as a person sure yeah um well I'll try to <laughs> so I think that's for me that was the you know hopefully the controlling idea of the book that you know, through adversity, Julie and I have, have managed to raise this wonderful young man. Mm. But the story is really about the difference he's made to all of our lives, to, to everyone, because yeah. he has improved. You know, I think when you have a will in the family, 
it's going to do one or two things. It's going to, it's, it can either break you, and, right. and it can do because it can put enormous strain, um, you know, on, on any relationships, siblings, all sorts. Um, or of course, it can just make you better people because right. you know you have to you have to learn patience and understanding that. For personally, I never thought was possible. You know, right. I did when 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 the children were young. I think I was always a you know a pretty good dad, but I was running a business. I was working hard. I was stressed. Getting out of the house on time was just, it was like a military exercise, you know, and it felt like we were always taking the, you know, the, the entire contents of a boot that a mother care with us, you know, yeah. um, and I, I was impatient, you know, everything had to be done yesterday, you know, I was, that's, I was driven and I was focused. Um, if I, if I tried to stay like that, it would have broken me, you know, you yeah. just have to learn to, 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 to let things happen in Will's time. Mm. Um, I think for us, thank heavens we had Emily because... Like when I like I said earlier on, I always thought being a parent was fundamentally simple. You know, if you do the right things, then they turn out okay. I think having Emily was a constant reminder that we were doing okay. Yeah. You know that we were that, that we were getting it right at least most of the time. Um, with William, it was like I say, just throw the rule book out. Nothing yeah. that nothing I'd ever experienced in my life had had given me any any experience of how to deal with these things. Yeah. When you have a will in the family it does teach you to be a better person because you have to be more patient, you have to make time, you have to explain, you have to involve, um, and it's not always easy. You know, we yeah. all have stressful, busy lives. And like I say, you know, over time you, you learn. Um, and that's really, you know, another one of the reasons why I wrote the book because I've met lots of parents over the years who have children, you know, like Will, and in some cases far, far worse. You know, this. This was never a feel sorry for us sort of book at all. Right, you know, no. some people have it far harder. But I've, I've, I've noticed that a lot of parents, they never really, especially the fathers, they, they never really come to terms with it. You know, mm. some do, of course, but I've met too many who just, it's like that thing they don't talk about. Right. Um, and I think that's terribly sad. Um, un completely understandable, yeah. you know, it, because it can be a, a real battle. Certainly f from my point of view, um, you know, I was a sportsman. You know, I, I, I did, I played a lot of sports to, to quite a high level. So it's quite natural to understand the kind of son that I would have dreamed of having. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I'm going to go and play golf for my son, play rugby, I'm going to teach him to box, you know. And when you don't get that, there is, of course, a, there is a, a level of disappointment. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Will brought so many other, you know, sort of, you know, attributes and qualities that, um, yeah, you realise that, you know, I'm, well, I think I'm the luckiest man in the world, so... Yeah, you mentioned in the book that moment where you kind of, the penny drops and you realise you're not raising another one of you. Yeah. Which then I would imagine completely sh shifted That was, yeah, so, perspective. so not, not, you know, none of these are lessons that you learn overnight. You no, know, they, absolutely. They, they, they take a long time. Um, and I think that the, the, the part you're, you're mentioning there is, um, is a sports day. So, yeah. so by this stage, Will has left mainstream school and, and we've got him a place in, in uh, at Bowcroft, which is a special needs school just outside Wimborne. And it was his first sports day. And, and secretly in the back of my mind, I was really quite excited about this sports day. I thought, well, finally, you know, Will's going to be able to shine, you know, in, the, in this environment, you know. Yeah. And I thought it would do him so much good. I remember those days when I was captain of my school team and holding trophies aloft in front you know it does wonders for your self-esteem it really it, it empowers you it makes you want to achieve and makes you want to win so naturally I thought you know Will's going to do great so I was looking forward to this sports day for, for weeks and um, and when I got there as I walked through the, the gates immediately 
I, I felt pretty bad because it was, you know, the idea of wanting my son to win in this environment. There were children in wheelchairs and some that had far more, you know, severe special needs than Will. Then I saw another dad sort of talking to his son about getting a, a quick start and I thought, okay, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm not the only competitive <laughs> yeah. parent here, so that's okay. Um, anyway, so I, I went and, uh, and, and met Will's teacher and saw Will and, and uh, you know, he was really excited anyway moved to the side to, to sort of exchange pleasantries with the other parents and um, and the teacher then discussed, you know, the, the, the sports day, of, you know, the, the chain of events that would happen. And the first race was where Will would just have to sort of, you know, they'd put a beanbag on their head and sort of balance it there and, and try and run 50 metres as fast as they could. So they blew the whistle, um, a couple of the children cheated and held the beanbag in place and ran up mm -hmm. them, you know. A couple of them sort of dropped it every few steps Will never got off the start line. He'd sort of put it on and it would fall off. He'd put it on and fall off. But what made it worse is he kept looking at me and then burst into tears and kept saying, I'm sorry, Daddy, I'm sorry, Daddy. You know, I mean, I felt dreadful, you know, kind of dreadful that it was so important to him to impress me, mm -hmm. but also naturally thinking, gosh, what on earth are the parents thinking about me? Are they thinking, what sort of father puts this much pressure on a son? Right. Which I had certainly never intended to do so, mm. but he must have felt like an overbearing pressure to try and be like his dad, you know, to impress right. his dad. Couldn't get him to do the egg and spoon race, but eventually managed to talk him into having a go at the sack race. And once again, you know, he, he made a few sort of leaps forward and then fell on his face and burst into tears again and, and just kept saying sorry to me. I mean, it was, it was really, really, really tough, mm. you know, really emotional. So I told his teacher that I was going to leave. I thought that um, me being there was probably making things worse. So I got in the car and if I, you know, this was obviously, you know, the sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. There'd been this big build up for ages where, you know, Emily was already riding on a bike and, and Will was still on the stabilizer, still hitting fences, you know, couldn't kick a football, couldn't coordinate his foot. So it was all about, of this- what, seven and a half at this yeah, point? Yeah, so, so it had been a, a long time building, yeah. you know, all those, you know, things that I was dreaming of doing as a father yeah. with a son just weren't happening. And so I probably put built this sports day up to far more than it should have been. And um, anyway, I got in my car, drove up the road, pulled over and just burst into tears. Mm. The floodgates opened. I mean, it, and it was so out of character. In fact, it was probably the first time I'd cried in years, you know, like years and years and years. I couldn't so that remember. would have been seven and a half years worth of... Of tears, yeah, exactly. Tension. Yeah, and... um, I mean, I'd felt, you know, of course, you know, feel yourself bubbling up at times yeah. but um but this was proper tears sobbing that right. it was just it made no sense you know and it was like all those frustrations and emotions just poured out mm. and I remember just sort of sitting in my car thinking why me you know it's just all so unfair you know and that, that's how it felt all the time it mm. was just um oh it was awful and then I remember uh, what I thought was a builder's van driving towards my car so naturally tried to pull myself together. I thought it might be somebody I know or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and actually it was a Bowcroft minibus on the way back to the school. And as it passed, I was sort of drying my eyes, as it passed my car, I locked eyes with a, a young girl who went to the school and I'd seen her before. She had Down syndrome. And she just smiled this beautiful smile. And it was one of those moments when you just realise, stop feeling so damn sorry for yourself. Mm. You know, some parents have it so much harder. So that's, yeah, that's when I had the epiphany that... Um, I suddenly realised that I'd been carrying this self-imposed responsibility to, to raise another Richard, yeah. you know, or two Richards, you know, and, you know, William and Emily, like two two children just like me, competitive and, and sporty mm -hmm. and, you know, the will to win and all those things. 
And and it was just it was that moment when I suddenly realised this is not at all what I'm supposed to be doing. I've got, all I've got to do is raise Will to be the man he wants to be, yeah. the best version of himself. Um, and I suppose it's a bit embarrassing that it took me seven seven and a half years to work that out. But maybe some parents never do. I, I don't was going to say, yeah. and what a I mean, what a gift of a thing to learn though. That's yeah. pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, so I I drove home kind of feeling like the weight of the world had just left me, mm. and. And, I, and, I, and again, you don't, it's not like, you know, it's not a one, you know, it's not a quick fix. You're always learning, you're always adapting and improving. But as I realised, as I, as I let William become, just be himself, it, the job just got so much easier. You know, yeah. I wasn't putting so much pressure on myself to make him like me. And Will was happier because he was, you know, and, and, and actually Will, Will had qualities that I wish I'd had. I mean, he was hysterically funny, uh -huh. you know, really, really, yeah. really. His comic timing was, was genius. Um, he was, you know, very entertaining. He could always make people laugh. He, he he cheered people up. You know, I mean, these are these are amazing gifts, aren't they? Absolutely. And and, and, and actually, things that you can't necessarily teach. No, exactly. So, um, and funnily enough, one of the things that I, you know, used to think when I was, you know, a younger dad was, mm. you know, children with special needs. So, you know, they're, they're bound to have something they can do really, really well. And, you know, we've seen like Rain Man. So maybe he can count cards at a casino, you know, <laughs> maybe he'll just sit down at a, a piano and play like Mozart, you know. And yet it was, although it was probably nothing quite so specific, it was staring me in the face all that time. You know, Will, Will's gift was his ability to make people laugh, to, yeah. to, to make people feel better. And actually there, there can be no better gift than that, can there? So, Absolutely. so that was that was the moment really for me when I just realised if I just let Will be himself and um, the world got sort of much easier for me right. as a dad then. Um, and then I was, as I say, I was able to, to really appreciate, you know, all of Will's qualities. Yeah. Gosh, and well, he's got so many of them, hasn't he? I mean, I haven't met him yet. Well, I've met him briefly, but he's going to come and chat to us in a bit. But uh, I feel like after reading No, I Will, I feel like I have a sense of what he's about, you yeah. know. Later on in the book, uh, there's quite a sort of um, vital sort of poignant point that you make when he's at the, is it at the parents' day for the post-sixth, where Sally, the teacher, um, describes about his um, unrealistic expectations. Yeah, so this was much later in school. Yeah. Um, yeah, like in post-16. So um, he just moved in, so I, we used to call it sixth form, Post right. sixteen, so um, so he'd moved up, and and I, I met his new teacher, and yeah, something that she said, it, it, you know, it, it stuck with me to this day. She said that um, that Will has really really high self esteem, which is fantastic, but very unrealistic expectations. And she said to me, so just today, he said that you know because they're starting to discuss you know career options for mm -hmm. when he leaves school. So they said, oh, you know, today he wanted to be a police officer, and what she said is so. She said, what we said to Will is, that's terrific. Um, now, we asked Will to, to, to sort of work out for himself what skills a police officer would need to do the job. And something just struck me right then. And I realised that, you know, as a parent, I, this, this is something I could do, I could improve. Because if Will had said to me, I want to be a police officer, and it, yesterday would have been an astronaut, and the day before a, you know, golf pro or whatever. Yeah. I would, although I would have said it kindly, I would have immediately said, well, Will, you can't do that because... You know, I'd have said to him, you know, you, because, you know, police officers need to take notes, don't they? And, he, yeah, and I'd have told Will all the reasons why he can't do something. Mm -hmm. um, and actually what his teacher Sally sort of made me realise was that 
it's far better that Will picks up, you know, learns that for himself. So, right. so, so what I and, and I adopted that straight away. So, if Will says to me he wants to do something, I say, okay, that's great. Now, what do you think you need to be able to do that? And Will works it out for himself. Um, so right. that was a great lesson. So you never stop learning. You know, mm. I mean, even though you know Will was, you know, probably sixteen then, I suppose. Um, yeah, I realised I'd suddenly learnt a way to be a better father. So. Well, I think that bit just really struck me because I, I'm hoping that. This book, obviously I, I, I don't live in your world and I don't have a will in my life, but um, this book I feel is equally as valuable for people who don't have a will in their life as it is people that do, yeah. you know. Um, and that is valuable for any parent, for, I don't have children but I have a niece and a nephew, just raising any or being part of any child's life. Yeah. That's, it sounds so obvious. It, yeah. Until you realise that you're not doing it yeah. yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, one of the things, you know, when I, when I wrote the book, I kind of, you know, I kind of knew that it was a, a particular genre and it was going to appeal to, to anybody, you know, who had somebody like Will in, in their family or, 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 the, or friendship group. Um, what I couldn't have realised is that how, how it's affected everybody. Like yeah. you say, not just, you know, all parents. In fact, I know people who, who haven't got children who've read mm -hmm. it and... and um, I was kind of, I was sort of quietly confident that that I'd written a book that was going to make people laugh out loud, absolutely, and and possibly cry at times as well. Um, what I couldn't have known is 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 the effect it was going to have on people, which has yeah. been extraordinary. You know, it's really made people stop and reflect, and um, which is amazing. You know, that's that's really extraordinary. Um, and just to you know, to, to for everyone to realise that. Um, that we can always improve as people yeah. all the time, you know. And it's, it's as I say, it's not um, it's not that kind of you know the, the, the book like you know look how good a job I did. It's quite the opposite. I mean, it's very very honest. You know, I talk about all my failings and all the Absolutely. all the areas where I, I you know I screwed up. But um, you know, hopefully, um, if any, you know if people read it and uh, and it makes them stop and reflect and 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 think, then that's great. You know, that's brilliant. Well, it certainly did for me, which is why I wanted to talk to you about it and why I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Because any of my videos I do, my, my, I think my primary purpose is always to try and open my own eyes and my own mind a little bit. And then in turn, maybe it will have that effect for somebody else. But I know that this book, if it makes you see the world differently or be more considerate um, and inclusive of people then that can only ever be a good thing yeah I mean you know I when Will was born um, I think it's fair to say that the world has moved on a, a huge amount in 22 years you know mm -hmm. nowadays we're all far more aware of special needs mental health you mm -hmm. know it's so much in the public domain all the time you know just when when the twins were born I, I would have recognized somebody who had Down syndrome I would have understood somebody in a wheelchair had a physical handicap there was no way I would have understood autism, ADHD, Absolutely. any of these things. And I yeah. think everybody has, has, has moved a great deal. And if, if my book is just another part of that, you know, mm -hmm. helping to, for people to, to understand that it doesn't matter what the disability, everybody has boundless gifts to offer the world. You know, yeah. everybody does. Funnily enough, when, when I decided to write the book, the first person I asked was Will. I asked his mm -hmm. permission. He was, you know, sort of 18 at the time. I think the book covers the first... Was he 19? Something like that. The book covers the first 19 years of his life, but clearly he was an adult, and I was writing a book about him, so I yeah. asked his permission. And the very next person I asked was Emily, because clearly they're twins, and, and it seems, you know, grossly unfair that I've chosen to write about one right. of them. 
Obviously, the book isn't just about Will. It's mm. Emily's in the book right the way throughout. But I, I asked her permission, and she didn't hesitate. She said, Dad, I get it. He's the interesting one, so bless her. You say at the very end of it about um, special... Wait, let me, let me quote it correctly, otherwise I'll kick myself. I've often heard people say that special children are given to special parents. It's a lovely thought, but I don't think it's true. I believe special children make their parents special. Yeah, so, I mean, the, this idea that, you know, special children are given to special parents, it is a lovely idea, but that would imply that there's a God and, and all those sorts of things. And, and, you know, everyone has their own opinions. But for me, that's just not how it happens. Um, but what I do think is that, you know, when you have a special child in your family, it's either going to break you or it's going to make you special. Yeah. And it does, because it does teach you so many lessons about yourself and you know about as i say patience and understanding mm. and compassion um so certainly for us um you know i'm really lucky that i had a, a wife as, as as amazing as julie you know she's incredible yeah so. she re even off the page she reads pretty incredible oh she I'm is like wow yeah. I'd, I'd like to know this one. yeah no she's she's <laughs> a, she's a force of nature she's phenomenal <laughs> uh, but that's it takes a team doesn't it so absolutely um but no we um yeah, we, we've been lucky and uh, I mean, living in, in Chattel, I mean, this village, you know, features very heavily in the book because, you know, it was a conscious decision to move here, um, a place where, you know, I mean, there's a sign as you drive into the village that says, please drive carefully, free range children. <laughs> it's exactly the childhood I wanted for them, you know, where they yeah. could run around and make camps and, and Will could sort of roam around the village and, and, and everyone would sort of have, you know, keep an eye out for him. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, you know, but... So whilst I say we've been lucky, you know, you make your own luck. These were decisions we made, Absolutely. You, know, to, you know, to move here. And, yeah. um, you know, every every job or business I've, I've run, you know, the consideration's always been I need to be at home as as much as I can be to support and help Julie, you know, yeah. raising the twins. So, Well, it's a wonderful book. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I will put the links in the video description of where you can where you can buy it. I highly recommend it. Thank you very much. And thank you for your time. No, you're welcome. Thanks. Can we, can we have a chat with Will? Yeah, sure. Let's and introduce you. This is Will, everybody. Say hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, I've just been talking to your dad about the book. Um, how did you feel when he, when he said to you, because he said you were the first person he asked if he'd mind if he wrote about you. Yeah. What was that? How did you feel when he asked Amazing. you? Amazing. Really, did you? Really. There was no part of you that thought, oh, I don't want you to write about me. No, 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 no. Everything's good. Okay. We always have our ups and downs, so. We certainly do. So yeah, it's um, it's really a big achievement what me and Dad are doing. I really think it's become really successful, really. It has. Yeah. Do you know? I wonder how many copies it's sold. Hopefully, yeah. it'll sell even more now. Yeah. But um, I absolutely loved it, and I think that I think there are so many different kinds of people that are going to enjoy reading it. Yeah. Um. Love that picture on the back. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about there's a there's a picture on the back of Will in a in a dog costume. Yeah. You you have a love of costumes, don't you? I do, yeah. So what's what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> when I dress up for fun really and I go down to the down the road and go and see my friends so I make them happy every day in different costumes <gasps> like How many costumes have you got? About twenty. No! Stop. Yeah. Can you can you list them all? Yeah. Joker, um, N Nanny okay. off Peter Pan. That's okay. That one. Um, I've got um, Scooby Doo, a gorilla costume, a cow costume. I've got um, Superman, Batman, oh um, Cab 
um, camel costume. A camel costume? <laughs> no, a camel. Camel, okay. Camel <laughs> then I've got um, Big Bird, Honey Monster. Okay. I've got um, so many. That's amazing. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever kind of think to yourself, this is the one I'd like next? Yeah. What, what, what are you going to get next? Um, probably a, a um, one of the um, Avengers um, yes. outfits. Like, Which like, one? Maybe like Captain America or something. Good choice. Yeah. That's so good. So with the purpose of, like you say, going down the road, seeing your friends, making them happy. Yeah. Does making other people happy, how does that make you feel? Happy as well. It does? It does, yeah. That's so amazing. And one of the things, when my dad had a bad day, he went down the road as Big Bird. <laughs> and uh, his happy face was quite nice to see. Oh. Yeah. That, so um, often people will give well costumes, and, and I've you know so I, I don't even know he's got them. Thank right. But as you mentioned in the book, this um, I've had one of those weeks, you know, really really crap weeks. Yeah. Every, everyone gets some, you know, just a week that I wanted to see the back of, mm -hmm. and uh, and then but the only thing I was looking forward to all week was this game of golf, you know, competition on the Sunday, and then the heavens had opened, they closed the golf course, and you know, it was like oh, just all I wanted to do was get home, yeah, hide up here, open a bottle of wine, you know. And, but the sun sort of come out just as I pulled into the village and, and uh, as, I, as I drove through the village, the farmer pulled over in his tractor. No, sorry, I pulled over to let the farmer go by in his tractor and the farmer was laughing and I wondered what that was about. And then I could see this vision up the road about 200 yards away and uh, there was a sort of six foot five big bird walking through the village. And whilst it was clearly Will, you know, it you know, couldn't have been anyone else. So I, I put the window down and, um, and Will was just walking past and I just said, you all right, mate? I said, I love your outfit. And he just said, all right, Dad, and just kept walking. Like, literally didn't stop at all, just kept walking straight past me. <laughs> just out for a stroll on a Sunday afternoon dressed as big bird. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's, it's making me consider maybe I should get a big bird costume. It sounds like, it sounds like fun. I mean, the other, um, another one was um, when I came home from work, um, one of the hottest days of the year. Right. I think Will was about 16 at the time. And uh, I thought I'd come home and spend some time with Will. And as I got to the door, he opened the door and he was dressed head to toe as a clown. You yeah. know, sort of everything. The, the, the wig, the I'll, nose, I'll, the bow tie, I'll, the I'll shoes. I'll tell everything. you about the story. Well, okay. When I was dressed up Scooby-Doo, I said, well, I got too hot, hot from Scooby-Doo, Dad. Duh. And I and I and I and then is it, sense. and then I was dressed up as a clown because I got too hot in Scooby Doo. So I said, yeah. I said, is there any reason why you were, you were dressed as a clown, Will? And you went, duh. duh. I got too hot in Scooby Doo. Practical reasons. Oh, yeah. Different different costumes with yeah. different Obviously, climates. Dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I think that makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So tell us about your love of music. Because that's something that really comes across in the book, yeah. and your dad was talking about that and talking about what a lovely voice. Did you always knew you, know you could sing? Because um, apparently you've got a really lovely voice. Yeah, I did. This boy came on Britain's Got Talent, and he sang Piezu. Right. So you know when when he released his uh, his album, we bought it for Will, and Will had been playing it in his bedroom nonstop for weeks and right. weeks and weeks. But uh, we'd never heard him sing it, and uh, and we were sat with some friends one afternoon and um, Will clearly wasn't getting the attention he wanted because you know we're catching up with friends and having a drink and um, all of a sudden Will just started to sing Piezu and our mouths all hit the floor because I, none of us had ever heard him sing like this I mean it was absolutely 
beautiful. And I mean, I'm, you know, talking about Britain's Got Talent, I'm more of the sort of Simon Cowell kind of father, so I'm <laughs> unlikely to tell him he's brilliant when he's not, you know. Um, but it was exquisite. I mean, absolutely wow. beautiful. Um, and so then Julie asked Will if he'd like to sing it um, in the in the church in a few weeks' time, you know, at Mother's Day service. And um, so Will practised every day, and then when he did sing it in the church, it was just amazing there wasn't a dry eye in the church it was so beautiful yeah it's really lovely because it's one thing singing at home and i think lots of people yeah. probably sing in the shower and you know yeah. but it's another thing getting up in front of people it really and is yeah. how were you nervous at all or um, i was a bit nervous but once i got out and sung i was yeah I was, afterwards i was blown away because everybody standing oh. up on their feet and yeah and, yeah it's amazing how does it feel when you sing it it's, makes me free that I could just spend my wings. Yeah. Yeah, and do it out. You know, yeah. Do it out there. And... Nothing else does it quite like music and singing, does it? No. It's really special mm -hmm. for that. It's special. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. What? Why would? Why should people buy this book? Well, it's amazing, uh, amazing, dad. Ever, and I really think. They will really love, because anybody with special needs people would love to see this old book. Right. And, that, and there's some funny bits in there and some moving bits. So some bits can make you cry, some bits can make you happy. So yeah. it's a really a cheerful, moving um, book. And anybody, if you're going to read this, please buy it now. <laughs> well said. Uh, people are going to hire you to do their adverts, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got a bit of everything yeah that's what you want from a book isn't it yeah i definitely laughed i definitely mm. cried yeah um it's so good thank you so much thank that's you for good. talking to and everybody also yeah i could sing a bit of pc oh you my god on well your voice has dropped now remember it's not mm. quite like it was when know, you were little but you could do oh, it oh i'd love that i could do it on youtube if you yeah. if you put it on youtube it'd be all right yeah Voice as deep as yours now. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's right. Oh my gosh, what a treat! I wasn't expecting to come here and hear yeah. you sing. That's all right. Thank nice you. Oh, it's so nice to meet yeah. you. Thank you for watching, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this video. I hope you've enjoyed yeah. meeting Will and Rich, who's now off camera. You've been sidelined. Yeah. Not <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> um, I will put the link in the video description of where you can buy this book. And yeah, say bye. 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 <laughs> Amazing. Well well. Thank you so much. I haven't seen right. that in a long time. Oh my yeah, gosh. I'm, I'm glad I've done that. You didn't now. even have to warm up. Uh, give, give, us all, give us all your best bits. Okay. Okay. And I'm just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Did Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kermit, everybody. Welcome to the Muppet Show. Oh, that's good. That was really good. I've never heard that you do was that so one. Good. I love you, Kermit. <laughs>
It's your audition tape for Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, this is fabulous. <laughs> I can actually do beatboxing. Can you? This is also going to be on YouTube, everybody. So please watch it now up to midnight. <laughs> and, and beyond midnight. And beyond. Yeah, yeah. We're going to leave it up there for as long as people want. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm near. This is Will. We should start our yeah. own YouTube channel. Yeah. All you need is love. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so true. Do you yeah. know that song? Um, do you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. All you need is, is love. love. Ba -ba -ba -ba. I'm Nia Fisher, and you've been listening to Fishing for the Truth, the podcast. If you haven't already, please rate and review this podcast, and join me again soon for another truthful conversation.